Welcome to Working Media with Rafael Bracero. Welcome to a new episode of Working Media with Rafael Bracero. Today's guest is Dan Tarek, who is the director of CTV OTT Strategy at what used to be called uh, Steelhouse, but now has a new name, uh, as well as uh, Mouton Hennessy, who is, that is the coolest name uh, you will ever find uh, in, a, in a business partner, uh, who is the account executive also at uh, what was formerly known as Steelhouse. Uh, so welcome uh, both of you, Dan, uh, Mouton to the show. Raphael, thank you so much for having us. It's great to speak with you. But yeah, so, so excited to have you guys on the show. I, I know it's, uh, it's been long in coming. We, we've been trying to set this up for a while, but I, I, I think uh, it was so fortuitous that we have such big news uh, about uh, Steelhouse that uh, I just want to start with that. So uh, Dan, can you tell us what the new name of, of your agency is? Yes, yes. So we are Mountain now officially, um, spelled M-N-T-N. Uh, and uh, uh, that's where that's where you can find us. So, um, you know, I you kind of mentioned the, the prior organization's name, Raphael. I'm I'm glad it took us this long to get together so we can actually talk about this at this point. But uh, uh, yes, we we fully transitioned. Um, when we look at our past, we've always been a performance marketing based organization, uh, and, and that stays the same, right? But we're fully focused now on really a single channel. A single, a single medium, and we connect television. We just saw, based on the performance that we're getting from it, we saw so much of our budget. And this is all sounds like a plug, I get it, but, but it's true. Um, all of our budget kept going into uh, CTV to the point where there really wasn't much of a point to holding uh, different channels. So we really just kind of focused on uh, performance television, as we call it, or connected television. And we wanted a new name to reflect that. So we're Mountain now. So now, how, how did that come about? So uh, openly, uh, and Mouton, I don't know if you want to address this either, but uh, openly, I have no idea where this came from. There is no really cool story behind it, which I think is a bit of a missed opportunity myself. But uh, um, uh, no big story behind it. Um, really, we just wanted to... Uh, 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 choose a new name, and, and that's kind of what the powers that, that be came up with. Um, if you'd like, I'm happy to give you like my pump up story that I made up personally. Uh, <laughs> I love a pump up story. Come on, yeah. let's hear it. I've never heard it, Dan. I would love to hear one. It. I'll make up another. <laughs> make up another. <laughs> yeah, no. I, so this is absolutely not uh, uh, approved by Mountain whatsoever. <laughs> but here's at least my take on it. We'll edit it, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raphael, this actually speaks directly to your question too. Um, you know, where do we see ourselves in the mix? So we're very different, I think, as far as connected television, the way we use it, uh, the way we measure it, et cetera, than the rest of the CTV landscape or CTV providers. We're not a media buying agency. We're not an agency at all. We're a performance-based platform. We move impression in real time. And again, this sounds like a plug, blah, blah, blah. And we move impression based on getting a, a return on ad spend or a cost per acquisition. Those are our constants, whereas impression and users reached um, are, are the variables right, to that constant, as opposed to the other way around, which you traditionally skip. 
So you really work kind of bottom bottom funnel, right? You're, you're a performant uh, player, you're not so much working on the kind of on the brand side. Is that is that fair, or or are you kind of working across the funnel? Would you say? I'd, I'd say we're still capable of awareness. We don't lose anything. Um, we've got some uh, uh, abilities around, you know, how we can reach an audience that are unique to us that actually make us better uh, for reach in certain scenarios. Um, but we don't have to be held by uh, just impression and user reach. We can be held by cost for acquisition and return on ad spend. So I wouldn't say that we don't achieve awareness. I'd say that we achieve awareness, but we can still be held to performance-based metrics. So, um, so, you're, so then you're not an agency, you're not a DSP, right? Because, I mean, your partners are like the trade desk and, and, and Googles. And, and if you had to kind of wrap it in a nutshell, so if I'm a client and I'm wanting to do more uh, performance marketing and using CTV to do it, what is kind of the offering that you're putting together for, for that client? Yeah, I think if I were going to elevator pitch it to an extent, what I would say is, or at least draw a line on our competition. Our competition really is more Google and Facebook than it is Hulu and Roku or, or Trend. And, and, you know, we've got access to Hulu in our inventory set and Roku's in our inventory set. Um, I don't think Trade Desk has any larger a capability of inventory than we do at this point in time. Uh, we just have a technology that's going to be able to um, understand where visits and conversions are coming from and then react accordingly uh, in an automated fashion where we don't need a human being adjusting that every two weeks. Instead, it's happening a couple hundred times a day on each additional campaign. So when we talk about strategy, I'm walking into these situations, Mouton's walking into situations, we as, a, as an organization are, and, um, and we're saying, here's the cost per acquisition goal, here's the KPIs we should be looking at, maybe a cost per visit based on what you really need here, et cetera. And then the questions we get back, everyone gets really excited about it, right? Oh, this is amazing. We finally get to use this channel um, for and, and track return on ad spend in Google Analytics in the same way you would any other performance channel. Um, and the next question we get is a series of media buying questions, right? It's, it's well, what, what's your CPM? Uh, how many users can I reach? All of that ends up kind of being dynamic on our end based on what it takes to get a cost per acquisition and return on ad spend. So we launched this incredible product. Um, it's beating everything else we're seeing from a performance standard. We're getting better uh, prospecting return on ad spends and cost per acquisitions in Google Analytics than we're seeing from Facebook 1% lookalike, from non-branded search, other traditional methods that you use. Um, and, and we expect people to flock to it. And I think the first thing we needed to do before we had that flock was really uh, start to, uh, um, uh, or not debunk, but at least counter uh, the way that the industry as a whole has been, has been treating connected television to date. So in essence, people aren't coming, weren't coming to the mountain. So we had to bring that mountain to the people. And, and that, um, that's what I'm saying the name is from, and only me. And I stress that once again, only me. I like, I actually like that analogy quite a bit. Um, and is that because uh, people uh, think that CTV is is not as performant, that it's a little bit more on the higher funnel side of things? Yeah. I mean, if, if you know, I'm a group M baby. Um, 
and and coming from that world into uh, into mountains now, um, I, I totally understand where they're coming from. But when you look at the larger media buying organizations, that's how they're treating it, because that's effectively what they can do, and they can do it extremely well, and no one's challenging that. Is Mountain doing addressable as part of your buys, and, and that's how you're able to then get better conversion? Are you creating more at a interactive? experiences that take that user out of content that they're taking into a deeper experience that then converts. Tell us a little bit about how the sausage is made, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The backbone of it is a tech called verified visits. And all that is, when you think about it, uh, all it is, is when a user sees an ad, um, all we're serving is an IP address, right? A Wi-Fi device, essentially, and CTV, streaming television only. That's all we're doing. Um, so, we serve that ad, we serve that IP address, we know what that IP address is. When a user comes back to the site, as long as a few different parameters are met, right? The ad has to be 100% in view, um, no other UTM parameter from a different paid media source can be present, meaning you can't watch an ad and then click a paid search ad, that's gonna look like paid search. And, and you know, within a customizable amount of time, meaning it's not a view through, right? We're not looking at 30 days down the road, there was a conversion and taking credit for it. We're saying you saw the ad, within X amount of time, you came back to the site definitively through this channel or because of this channel, direct traffic or in that case, we register an event, a session. We can actually pass that event or session uh, over to, to Google Analytics as well uh, through an API. So you see it there. But because we can track like that, right, we don't need addressable. We don't need uh, a lot of the other technologies that have come out that are, for lack of a better term, incomplete in being able to measure that. This is you know, full throttle, we've got the audience, we understand it, we know they came back, we're registering the session, and then we can act on it. And that means we can move the impression across different TV networks. By the way, we can show your performance results by TV network. There's not too many players out there that can do that, but we can show you your return on ad spend for Discovery versus Hulu. You know? If we can track that, we can move the impression accordingly, it lends itself to that level of optimization that feels and looks and seems and, and creates results much more like Facebook and Google uh, and uh, as opposed to uh, a large just media buy. How is that being attributed? So if your window that you're allowing is seven days long, right? Your, your customizable verified visit window and there's no other UTM parameter, then great, we can count it as a session. And our clients love it. They enjoy it. They get to see it. You know, not only are uh, uh, sessions created from us, not only conversions that are directly attributed to that, to that visit, um, but also your secondary uh, conversions, basically, your attributed conversions or your assisted conversion reports in Google Analytics. You're able to see it there as well. So as opposed to putting together or incorporating or hiring out for an entirely new methodology on how to measure something. We're working with what you have inherent. So it doesn't become this larger project, it just becomes another performance channel uh, in the same way as if you brought on an additional social channel or uh, something along those lines, right? Or found a new search engine. Um, you don't have to completely rewrite everything that you're doing. You get to see us in the reporting that you're already using and that's, a tremendous advantage, not just for uh, our contacts, but really when you look at any organization holistically, your CEO doesn't have to, you know, learn a new 
uh, uh, measurement platform either. They can look at GA, which everyone already understands, and say, great, this is working or this isn't. Can you give us a use case that, that you guys are particularly proud of? Pro's Closet, uh, uh, I'll give you the headline on it. So they moved from linear television to us, to our platform, Mountain's platform, uh, and saw a 5% increase in top line revenue overall just from that change specifically. Um, when you think about somebody like Pro's Closet, they sell bicycles, right? And their target audience at the end of the day isn't an overly specified demographic, it's bicycle enthusiasts. So when you're buying linear, I mean, you can put a commercial on This Is Us and I'm sure there's gonna be some people that are interested in bicycles uh, that are watching This Is Us and that's great. Um, but when you're using connected television, you're able yeah, the, to- the, the, the people watching that show are all crying into their beer. It's <laughs> <That> shows <laughs> depressing as hell, <laughs> so. <laughs> For the most part, that bicycle may be the furthest <laughs> thing from your mind or you may be watching that show and being like, I gotta be better to whatever family member is being true. Right. <laughs> I wanna buy them a bike. Um, uh, but but my, my point is it's it's still, you know, it, it's a loose audience to be able to. to of course. What that means is you're gonna do really, really well if you're putting commercials on, you know, the Tour de France because your, your, your target market's there. But all you have every year is a few tentpole events where you really know that you're, you're getting in front of your audience. When you look at uh, what we do at Mountain, um, where we have some, uh, again, some integrations and technologies that give us larger levels of reach around uh, more niche audiences. So we're able to address bicycle enthusiasts specifically, no matter what they're watching. So they can be watching, you know, um, This Is Us, or, or they could be uh, watching uh, reruns of, of Friends or, you know, whatever that may be, whichever channel. And we know they're a bicycle enthusiast. We're able to get in front of them. Um, it stopped being a flighted campaign, tentpole event, huge money spend concept and started being a evergreen campaign, a little less spent overall, um, but more dollars towards their top line revenue. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a, and it's all visible in, in Google Analytics, right? We're held to a cost per acquisition um, or a return on ad spend specifically with, with them. Uh, and we, we, we saw that we beat their goal from a return on ad spend standpoint. You know, our, our CSM team worked with them to make sure strategy was always solid, always sound and always effective. And uh, yeah, we, they got great results from, from their uh, relationship with Mountain. So for Pro's Closet, would you be using like a custom affinity uh, or uh, an in-market? Yeah, yeah. So in, in that instance, we're going to use both affinity and in-market, right? We, we tend to ignore demo a little bit. Um, demo is actually one of the more underreported uh, uh, aspects of an individual person. Um, you know, Google knows a lot about my shopping behavior. They, they have no idea what my age is. I'd rather they just knew my age, but that's uh, <laughs> here nor there. Um, so actually Google probably knows my age, but you know, <laughs> not, not, not all third parties do. Uh, so we, we tend to stay away from demo and we go for the uh, in-market and we go for the interest. We have a very specific integration with Oracle where not only is their entire tech stack coming into our UI, so you can choose, you know, 80,000 audiences, um, but 
they hand us IP addresses. They don't hand us device IDs. They don't hand us cookies. We don't have to have a sync with a DSP, right? So if you're, if you're using Trade Desk and you get that same Oracle audience, that device ID or cookie they hand over has to already be in the DSP, um, you know, it, it, and you lose about 60% of the audience in that sync. With us, because they give us IPs, and I believe this is unique to Mountain, I believe it is, because they give us IPs, uh, we're able to address um, those IPs. We get them, we serve them. So we have, we don't lose any of the audience. Uh, we don't have uh, 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 any worry about the integrity of the audience as a whole. So we can serve those niche audiences in broader capacity and get better results. So yeah, so that's a great, that's a great example. I wanted to kind of get a, a, a bit of a sense, uh, Dan, of uh, how you kind of came along uh, in the industry. Uh, how does a, a, a former a lawyer or, or somebody who trained to be a lawyer uh, end up uh, doing a CTV? Oh man, yeah. Well, so <laughs> I, 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 to the short stories as I can as possible. Um, uh, I got my MBA in night school uh, while working for Verizon Wireless, and then um, uh, graduated from that and was really looking for a change, some kind of shifts. Uh, I went to law school with every intent in the world to become a lawyer. I wanted to practice corporate law, which nobody really says that on a job or, or on, a, on their application, but I was, I was comfortable <laughs> saying that. Yeah, um, I, I work in Wall Street, so that, to me, that's fine. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, normally you want the feel-good story. I'm like, no, I just... I, like I wanted to help the children. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, but no, so uh, went, to, went to law school and I graduated in 2009. And, you know, at that point, we had a minor recession, the whole housing market, et cetera. Um, and uh, uh, there were a very limited amount of, of students. Uh, well, I'll share with you. I had one job offer. There was about eight total graduates in my class that had a job offer, not 8%, like eight. Um, and my job offer was for $25,000 a year and 25% of anything I brought in after. And my, you know, my loans were too much to be able to handle that. So. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll get back into to marketing. Um, and, I, and I got into my first kind of agency world uh, and I really enjoyed the gig. So um, six months later, when I was supposed to take the bar, I uh, put it off, I'll do it six months from now. I'll do it six months from now. I'll do it six months from now. Here we are about uh, 12 years later and uh, I'm really enjoying my life in, in, in ad tech. It, it was a good choice, I, I think. Um, now the other thing I wanted to ask you about uh, was uh, you're you're Scottish, right? Is is that is that uh, true? Or am I imagining that? <laughs> uh, I wish you could see it. So no, um, but but for Christmas I did get a one by one square foot plot of land uh, uh, from my girlfriend. Uh, and <laughs> which, oh, which, I see. So, so the, the, uh, on your on your LinkedIn, it literally says, <laughs> "Well, no, you you tell the story because it's, it's well, that's it. Uh, technically, <laughs> technically, folks, I'm a Scottish lord, um, and that's why I say nouveau Scottish lord. I'm relatively new to the title. That's great, Raphael. I you know I didn't want to bring that up because I know people get a little intimidated around royalty and it gets a little uh, weird. Yeah. 
But, you know, we have Royals here now. They, they, they live in Montecito. So, I mean, you know, it's not that intimidating anymore. But, yeah, they're not returning yeah, But thank calls. you for the sensitivity. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get it. I've been like, hey, one Royal to another. You guys want to uh, Well, I, I was going to start asking you about what, what are your, your favorite uh, whiskeys without the E. And, and <laughs> what, what part of the, the Scottish Highlands is your favorite? <laughs> and, and do you say Isle or Isle? I always screw that up. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, Isle, Cole Isle, right? Isle, okay. That, that's how I'm going. Yes, I, 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 I was. I actually was in Scotland uh, about two years ago, right before COVID, <laughs> and uh, yes, I, I think I, I butchered that pretty pretty badly. Oh, I well. did enjoy the whiskey very much. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sure you did, man. In good timing, <laughs> out there before. Yes, literally right before. Yeah. So fantastic. So. Um, one of the things that, that um, on, on the podcast that we always like to ask our, our guests, and, and this, I want to open this up also to Mutan uh, uh, as well. So what is something that, that you have either read, uh, listened to, or, you know, seen recently that inspired you? And it doesn't have to be about <laughs> TV. It could be about anything. Uh, Mutan, you want to jump on that one? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So I, I'm a pretty avid reader. I haven't been reading as much as I would like to lately. Uh, I mean, I've actually recently revisited an awesome book. It's known as a sales book by Chris Voss called Never Split the Difference. He was an FBI negotiator. He went to Harvard uh, while the students there by implementing kind of everyday tactics that the FBI adopted without even knowing, uh, understanding that they were also, you know, sales tactics, and they can actually tactics rather, and they can be applied to the sales world. So, uh, as I've been revisiting the book, I'm learning a lot about having conversations, uh, making sure that it ends in more of a win-win type of result as opposed to a zero-sum uh, result. So that's a book that I've adopted recently. I definitely enjoy. Uh, oh, that's a fantastic uh, recommend. Um, how about you, Dan? Well, actually, uh, so I, I have a different answer, but. If you don't have masterclass, it's a reason to get masterclass. Watching Chris Voss, I, I, I honestly, so I'm, I'm back. Yeah, up. you know, it's I think I've actually, yes, it must be because I've, I think I saw him on masterclass. I had like a one-year membership, and I, I think I, I th that was one of the more fascinating ones for sure. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's very cool. Just the mirroring. Anyway, anyway, give it a look if you haven't seen it yet. Um, you know, recently I reread. Honestly, leaders eat last, and I think sometimes you kind of need that little reminder of what it really takes to be, I don't know, successful in general. Um, uh, it, but at least in, from a, a standpoint of, of leadership, right? And just making sure like you, the, the priorities being, is everybody, is everyone else safe? Does everyone feel good here? Does everyone else feel confident and protected? Because um, once that happens, then you know, that's when everyone has their best work uh, in, in general. So I haven't read it in about, 10 years and I was glad to pick it back up again. That's great. Yeah, it's a little bit like kind of like servant leadership uh, aspect to it. So that, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So good book. Yeah, uh, well, no, no, nothing so uh, nothing so dramatic. I, I've been actually rereading Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so <laughs> I would say it's very dramatic. That's a very dramatic read. It's an awesome. It is read. a very dramatic read. <laughs> I would say that's the most. I can dramatic. I can quote you some Gandalf uh, for sure. It's uh, 
He's, he's, uh, he's got some good, he's got some good quotes too. Oh man. Rabbi, <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I was only, only reading, you know, like, especially in my twenties and, and, and early thirties, you're, you're like only business books, right? Only self-help, only self-help stuff. Maybe we throw in some um, biographies and things like that, looking to get inspired, blah, blah, blah. I sat down and I finally read the Harry Potter series. I read the first one and I couldn't stop. And I don't know if I've read, I, that's pretty much it. Moving forward, I've read a couple of business books. Most of them I've already read before. And now we're on the Harry Potter, Hunger Games and, and Game of Thrones. That's kind of the, the extent. Do you know what house you're in, DT? What house <laughs> do you be in? Uh, actually, Slytherin slash Gryffindor. There is such oh, a- Oh, wow, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you go to Pottermore, you can that's interesting. <laughs> Ooh, uh, I know I'm I'm rambling, but do you guys do you guys are you guys familiar with disc training DISC? Yes. Okay, so you can take the seminar, and uh, you can uh, take the test, and you can understand where you are um, as far as the disc training outlay is concerned, or or you can go to Pottermore, which I think they changed the website name at this point. Oh, now. and they have their own uh, version of that, but. Uh... Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. I D like that. matches up with Slytherin. I at matches up with Gryffindor. S matches up with uh, Ravenclaw and C. Or no, S matches up with Hufflepuff. <laughs> no, it is Ravenclaw. <laughs> and C, or Hufflepuff. C matches up with. That's uh, brilliant. With, that's brilliant. So, all right, so in, in, we have about a minute left. So in, in the time that we have left, I, I wanted uh, uh, to, uh, if you guys have anything, you, uh, any activity, anything? Monday, June 21st, I'm actually going to be speaking. It's pre-recorded, but I'll be in the chat regardless at the NRF Converge convention. Uh, so you can go to uh, uh, nrfconverge.com. Uh, you can sign up there. Thank you to Dan and Mouton from Mountain for being such great guests today. Remember to subscribe. And until next time, this is Working Media with Rafael Bursar.